coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. And, but yet there was many, a young boy I got through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> you were in Playboy magazine, I think three times, yeah? Twice sans clothes, a whole bunch of times right. with clothes. Um, <laughs> Henry Winkler was in the room and Ron Howard. Oh, oh wow. wow. So we're filming in my kitchen. We're, we're going to have cameras above the stove, the whole thing. We're going to have cameras all over the place. We're, I have a beautiful dining room. It'll be set. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is national celebrity and local entrepreneur, Rhonda Shear. Rhonda is best known for her eight-year role as the host of USA Network's Up All Night and is now an intimate apparel mogul right here in St. Pete. After Rhonda, we stroll on over to Greenstock, our favorite salad place for lunch. We We have have a a great great show, show, so stick stick around. Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth, and the hearty proteins or just mushrooms for vegetarians, and I'll have you saying, ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booya? Hey foodies, do you know about the Zest podcast? If you're listening to us, you should be listening to them too. They're part of the Tampa NPR station, WUSF 89.7. On the Zest, you'll learn new recipes, baking tips, and barbecue secrets. You'll hear about what's ripe, what's growing, and what's in season. The Zest podcast is hosted by Robin Sussingham, an award-winning reporter and producer who's also an avid home cook and baker. Robin's a native Floridian and has been searching out flavors and the fascinating stories behind them from Key West to Pensacola. Learning to care for a sourdough starter and learning to bake sourdough breads really speaks to people in a very deep way. It's part of our collective history and we're getting back to our roots and our self-sufficiency. Just like us, the Zest podcast has interviews with chefs and restaurateurs and talks about food and recipes covering the Tampa Bay area and throughout Florida. It's what we listen to when we're not doing our own show. Check out the Zest podcast at thezestpodcast.com.
Please welcome TV personality, comedian, actress, and local St. Pete entrepreneur, Rhonda Shear. Welcome, Rhonda. Welcome, Rhonda. Oh, I'm so glad finally to be with you guys. <laughs> we did it. Even though I'm not technical, we did it. We did it. <laughs> a few technical issues, but yeah. Right. So you've done a ton of stuff, and we're going to try to touch on all or most of it. But I know you best from the 90s TV show Up All Night. Or, or the way I said it, USA, Up All Night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That became kind of like a trademark. Hi, it's Rhonda with two great movies and a bunch of yard sale junk for some lucky winners. Next on USA, Up All Night. Yeah, it really did. It bit me in the butt, but it was the best thing that ever happened. So, you know, it kind of, it hurt me right after the show was over. I did it for eight years because then I was really typecast because I used my own name instead of like Elvira in front of <laughs> Cassandra Peterson using the name Elvira. I used my own name because I just wanted to get my name out there. Well, it really hurt me when I went back and tried to get into acting because I was synonymous with the character. But, um, but then it didn't really hurt, you know, in my entrepreneurial life. So, you know, I, I, I speak to all my actor producer friends and they're like, hey, we don't want to even hear this from you. You, you chose you went another path. It's all yeah, it worked out. OK, <laughs> you know, you're still on TV. You're just selling pants. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you, you did get a little typecast there for a while. You were kind of always like the, the blonde bimbo. Right. Yeah. And I mean, but, you know, if you really listen to the show, I mean, she was clever. The, the character's clever. The writing was really clever. We, we, we jumpstarted so many careers. I did it for eight years. And I just recently I have a I have a webcast podcast called Rhonda Sheer Social Hour. You can go to that at RhondaShearSocialHour.com. And it, and it plays on all, all the formats. And um, I, I, I actually booked some of my, my producer directors from um the up all night days. I have three oh, more that's shows, cool. at least three more. But that, and we just talked about it was really a smart show in the beginning of basic cable when you get away with anything. Right. So we got away with teasing the network. And you could never do it. <laughs> right. It was just, it just, Things have changed. And so many people went, and we had every, everyone you could, Bill Maher was on the show. I mean, everyone you could think of passed through that show, every celebrity, major name. So um, it was a fun eight years yeah. of my life. So before. just if you don't mind, for the people who might not. Be aware of the show. It was on USA Network. It was kind of a weekend right. B movie show. Right. And then you, like you said, you hosted from 91 to 98. You were on usually on Fridays, and then Gilbert Gottfried hosted Saturdays, and then sometimes you two hosted together. Hi, I'm Ron Sheer, host of USA Up All Night. And I'm Gilbert Gottfried, host of USA Up All Night. Exactly. It was a it was a B movie festival. I've been having a lot of these same producers and directors that like, you know, Bikini Car Wash. These were the kind of shows we played and horror films and 16 Candles. Uh -huh. And there were some legit films, but it was basically we did the interstitial, the in between the commercial breaks to keep everybody, uh, you know, in tune to these movies, mm -hmm. which this B movie marathon on Friday and Saturday nights paid the bills at USA. We were like, Make, not that it showed in our budget, but we were making hand, <laughs> money hand over fist for the network, and they were able to produce Weird Science and Duckman and oh, wow. some really classic shows, you know, which was really nice. I got to appear in some of those shows because they cross-promoted. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, yeah, it was it, and Gilbert was on for, I, I think, a decade. I was, I was There was a girl before me for a year and a half, and then, then I ran it. After that, we ran to the very end of the series, which ended in 98, just because USA was going a different way. But it's so funny that 
that genre and those people who watch me in their 30s and 40s have now like so many people are now producing films and just love that whole horror B movie. And it's, so it's, it's, I don't know if it's making a comeback, but it's certainly out there. And so on my own show, I'm getting a plethora of producers and directors from that period of time. And there's a lot of followers. Right. <laughs> love that. That's pretty cool. That, that, yeah, really cool. Yeah. And so to, to paint the full picture here now, this was on from like either 11 PM to 5 AM or midnight to 6 AM. So it's more grown up entertainment. But yet there was many, a young boy I got through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I get so much of that. Uh, I, I can't even exp- express the, even the celebrities that, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I used to sneak, you know, out of my bedroom or I'd bring a little portable TV and watch it under the covers. And we really and truly, we weren't really showing anything. Our job, Gilbert, Gottfried, and myself, our job was to fill in what they cut out of the films. So if they cut out any nudity or TNA, it was pretty, you know, our curse words. Um, the films were pretty, pretty mild compared to anything today by far. Uh, but so anything that was like really naughty, they cut out. But, you know, I, I did, you know, jump around and in the early years, a lot of lingerie and, and sexy outfits mm-hmm. as a show in the later years. I personally, I didn't move to, but they started shooting it in New York. And when it shot in New York, then I would fly out to New York and bank a bunch of shows. And that those directors changed the feeling of my character, mm. which I really, I enjoyed all, all of it. But anyway, it's, um, you can, you can definitely go to Rhonda Shear TV on YouTube and watch at least my parts, not the films. I don't own the films, but the, uh, the sketches mm-hmm. and the bits in between. We have a lot of them. I did 430 altogether. But, wow. Um, wow. We've downloaded a couple of hundred of them by now. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And like you were saying before, you know, you were kind of uh, typecast a little bit as the bimbo, but your role on Up All Night, you were clever as well. Oh, yeah. No, the writing was really clever. Um, the main writer for producer, Bill Maher, was one of our young. He was a little assistant. He was a PA. He used to like fetch us food. <laughs> Bill Sean, Maher. Um, oh, my God. Oh, no. not Yeah, not Bill. I mean, his, his producer, director. I mean, many, many a writer... Billy Reback, I actually am interviewing him in the next couple of weeks on my show, produced and um, developed so many sitcoms. Um, Jim Wynorski, who's on with us this week, I mean, he's got a list of, of films that he's done. I just had, um, um, what was saying? Like, it'll come back, it'll come back, it'll come back. Um, well, anyway, I've just had like, start, I mean, our show is a baby too. My own little podcast is a baby too. We've only been on about three months, but in that time, I'm really starting to collect some really interesting people. I mean, authors and producers and directors. And the stars, the stars of these films, uh, a girl named Linnea Quigley is like completely famous as being like the all-time scream queen. And so she's got millions of followers, you know. So it all connects. It's kind of cool. So actually, my, my I, mean, I know I may be jumping ahead, but I'm getting ready to do a pilot for a cooking show. And talk about full circle i reached out to cat young who was one of my director producers on up all night and um i reached out to her to be on my show you know just to reminisce and talk about the years of what we got away with and blah 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 (laughs) and and after we after you know she's still doing stuff she still lives in la she's still she was one of the first female directors in variety years ago um, you know, like Circus of the Stars. And I mean, no, there was no woman. She was literally one of the first women directing television. And, and you're uh, working with her for the cooking show? She wrote me, she she wrote it up. She wrote a pilot. She goes, I think you should do this. She had, she had done over 400 cooking shows 
for USA Network before oh, the wow. Food Network even existed. That's pretty cool. So yeah, we're, we're so, going to get into some more yes. details on the cooking show after the break. I want to get a little more uh, background on you. You know, some of your other, we're going to get to the present in a moment, but some of your other accolades include you were in Playboy magazine, I think three times, yeah? Twice sans clothes, a whole bunch of times right. with clothes. Um, <laughs> they, they, they kept up with my career and were very good friends to me. And plus, I even designed a line of intimate apparel for Crystal Hepner, oh, wow. who was Hef's last right, wife before he passed. Yeah. And you. So um, they were very good to me. They promoted me. Um, I started in 1977 when they came through New Orleans, where it was my hometown. And they were doing Girls of the New South. And my agent, I had a modeling. I was very young. Um, you know, I think I was 19. My agent sent, said, Do you want to do Playboy? I go, Well, I. I don't want to be naked, but I, uh-huh. I want to shoot for them. I want my cake and eat it too. So I met the photographer and he said, I shoot a lot of people completely clothed. And, you know, it's up to the magazine whether they pop them in the article or not. And um, so he shot me in an antebellum dress. You know, I, mean, I guess I'd be politically correct, but, you know, those very Scarlett O'Hara dresses and completely clothed. And, um, and I was reigning as queen of, oh, you'll love this. Uh, this was not like a Miss Louisiana, which I, I did win and I was a pageant girl, but Miss New Orleans, this is going to go right with your show, Miss New Orleans Food Festival, which represented all the restaurants and all the food of New Orleans. I was reigning as Miss New Orleans Food Festival. So the Floral Trail Society, which represents all the parks and, you know, uh, it has nothing to do with winning a pageant. They selected to be their queen. Long story short, sorry, that's my puppy. Um, long story short, they dethroned me when that Playboy magazine came out with that tiny picture with all my clothes on. Oh, oh boy. No. So then after that, you're like, screw it, I'm taking my clothes off next time. <laughs> next time. So I, I went back to them in 91, many years later, when I was doing stand-up comedy. And uh, women were like not getting a break in stand-up that time, around that time, because I kept being told that I was too pretty. You have to look funny to do funny, to be funny. And um, I would I would tell my dog to be quiet, but she can't. She's deaf. <laughs> it's so. okay. We understand. We have Chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, it won't help. The other ones would listen, but she she can't hear. Um, but anyway, she. Um, so I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> but anyway, we're talking about like the so the uh, New Orleans or Miss Louisiana, the food. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I, I forgot. Anyway, <laughs> it's I know. Sweetie, sweetie. <laughs> so. We, we used to have our dog in studio when we were recording podcasts uh, up until about, till COVID time, I guess. And occasionally you'd hear her do a little bark here and there. Yeah. Except for when we had the mayor of St. Petersburg, Rick Kreisman, on. She barked her head off at him. <laughs> and he didn't miss a beat because I guess he's used to being heckled. <laughs> uh, that's hysterical. Well, I have five. And I, oh, wow. They're all sitting here. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So they're chihuahuas. They're chihuahuas. Um, I know that I have painters downstairs in the house, and my the one who's barking is 14 years old. And I've had older dogs that have passed, but she's the first one that has gone. She's almost blind and deaf, so she just can't. You know, I she doesn't understand. She's confused, <laughs> so she's probably sensing people downstairs, oh, right. but I can't. And I couldn't run after to catch her. But anyway, she'll calm down. But anyway, I've definitely had a very interesting, varied past from beauty pageants to being thrown out of the floral trail court that I was talking right. about. I ended up running for public office when that happened. When they dethroned me as queen of the floral trail society, I ran for public office against the guy who was president. So, it, it, I mean, it's I have a book. I, I have a book, which I know that you're not videotaping me, but I'll hold it because it happens to be sitting here. 
and it's it's called Up All Night. It's called From Hollywood Bombshell to Lingerie Mogul, Life Lessons from an Accidental Feminist. And so it has some autobiographical, you know, the stories and the Me Too movements, but it also talks about, you know, being an entrepreneur, becoming an entrepreneur, how to get your product to market. So a lot of tips in it for people, you know, in the business world. So that's been just, a, um, it, was, it took me a couple of years to do it. Right. <laughs> Putting it together. I know you guys get it because you write, but, right. you know, writing it. It's like you're all great for like a few days and then it's like, I need a break. Yeah. It, it looks like a great book and that can be purchased a signed copy for only 20 bucks on rondashear.com. That's true. Or, you can, or if you don't want a signed copy, you can go to amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it, it is, it is, it's got great reviews on Amazon. I, I, it's hard to push a book. I mean, it was actually, we did have a small publishing house that did it, but it's really hard to self-promote a book. But I continue to keep it. It's just, it's just great having it out there. It's timeless. So um, I actually have people in LA right now. I've had one writer who has rewritten it as a script so many times. He's rewritten it as a series. He's written it as a sitcom. He's rewritten it as a, kind of like the movie about Joy Mangano that was called Joy. Um and so it's still being shopped in L.A. I never have, you know, if something happens, I always go, great. I, I was out there 26 years. I had a lot of wonderful, uh, I, I acted from the time I got there and worked. But I never hold too much out in that world. You know, you never know. But they need content. And they're shut down. They're, they're looking for content. It might just sell. That's true. Very cool. true. So, Rhonda, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to, I want to hear how you got from New Orleans to St. Pete. And we'll talk about the, of course, your current business, the Intimate Apparel business, and the possible cooking show. We'll be right back. Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly, pimento cheese, and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah, I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, Best Casual Dining, Best Pizza, Best Bloody Marys, Best Meatballs, and, believe it or not, Best Salads. Ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs. It's oh, so good. Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 1030, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. 
Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. We are back with Rhonda Shear, and like I said earlier, on before the break, how did you go from New Orleans to L.A., New York, and St. Pete? And there's probably stuff in between too. <laughs> There's hardly even my mom and dad. She was a good, my mom was a great cook. Uh, I was a mom's girl uh, and a daddy's girl. Um, I I'd always wanted to act and perform, and um, ooh, we're both here in thunder now. Yeah, I heard, I heard it too. It's getting exciting on our call. Um, <laughs> so I, I just, I told my, when I was, I was in Miss Louisiana when I was 19 and I was sent out to LA to do some modeling as Miss Louisiana for a jewelry company. And when I got there, the publicist who handed this jewelry company, old company called Sarah Coventry, his wife was the casting director for Happy Days. It's a long story, but this is the story of how I ended up in Hollywood. And so they were very sweet. And while I was out there, they kind of took me in for a couple of days and the wife said, uh, you know, I'm the casting director for Happy Days, and Happy Days was at its height then. And I'm a, I'm 19, and I'm, a, you know, I, I was studying theater in school, but here I am, and this woman casts Happy Days. She goes, "There's a part that you would be great for. This, this would have been a great story. It doesn't have the ending." <laughs> but um, this week, if you want to come in and read, and I'm like, "Oh my God!" I was terrified. I was so shy at that point. I called my acting teacher, father, you know, he was a priest. And I'm like asking him how I have to have this kissing scene with the fonts. Well, anyway, when I read <laughs> this part, when I read back, they used to have usually just someone reads with you, a casting director, or a producer, but this was their Christmas special. Henry Winkler was in the room and Ron Howard. Oh, oh wow. wow. I mean, they weren't who they are now, but it was still like the, the hottest thing. And they were my idols. You know, I was a kid. So I read, and I'm sure I was stiff as a board. I actually overheard the cast director say something. She's really good, just needs a little bit more experience. And so I didn't get the part. And But my, that was it. Everything about that moment was frozen in time for me. The smell of the cat, you know, the, the, the sound stage where I went at Paramount, the lot, walking onto the lot, it was just imprinted in my brain that I had to get back there to give it a shot. And uh, my parents said, you're not going back to you finish college. So I wasn't the kind of kid to get in a bus or car and train or plane and leave my parents. So I finished <laughs> school. I actually ran for public office because I told you of that whole Floral Trail Society being thrown out. So that kept me from moving out there till I was 23, which is like old. And um, <laughs> I told my parents I would go out there for the summer. And if nothing happened, I would come home. And they, of course, had to put me, like, had to start. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts because I couldn't just be out there. They had to put me in some kind of school environment. They were even looking for me to go for my master's degree, you know, like looking at Loyola Pepperdine for me to continue education. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, they just, you know, they, they were supportive, but they just didn't want me being a waitress or whatever it took, you know. Anyway, long story short, I did have beginner's luck, and I got on a Bob Hope special and I did go back and I got a small part on Happy Days pretty fast. So that ended uh-huh. up being part of the good story. And I ended up being on three Happy Days. And I would have been on more, but I had a little falling out with Henry Winkler. Oops. It's in the book. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was that a Me Too uh, moment? It wasn't a Me Too moment. No, it was a Henry being big headed and me being a young girl. And, and uh, uh, it just, you know, I can tell you the story. It's a great story. I mean, he's actually denied it, but um, <laughs> it changed. Let's hear it. 
it changed my life in, in a negative way in, in the acting world because the time when Happy Days was going on, and now it's a few years later than when I was 19. Now Happy Days is almost ending its, its run. And um, he was a huge star by that time. And the same people were doing Mark and Mindy and Laverne and Shirley and just all those sitcoms mm-hmm. that I could have been in. And they were all cast by the same guy. And uh, anyway, long story short, I did three happy days. They were starting just to call me to use me for these little bit parts, which was great. And, and you know, that you start when that happens and, you know, all of a sudden you're a regular on a show. So I got this, uh, com- I was on the show. I had, it was a small part. Basically, I had no lines on it except maybe one line. And I had to, I was the Fonz's girlfriend the, throughout the whole show. And the whole show we were kissing. I don't remember the, I don't have the script to it, but. It was just, it was a, it was a small role, but it was just a physical role. Anyway, I was there for all the rehearsals and on, they, they tape on Friday. On Thursday, I got a national commercial for Church's Fried Chicken. That's huge money cool. because you get residuals back then. So I asked the casting director. I asked Jerry Paris, who was the producer. I asked, um, 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 oh my gosh, the big producer. He just passed away. Um, like not the same. Anyway, I, I got permission from everyone except Henry Winkler, and he was the actor. I didn't think I had to get his permission. Right. If I take off for a few hours to do this, this Church's Pride commercial, they're going, we know you, you've been on the show three times. Sure, go ahead. They all said yes. The next day I walk on the set, go to my dressing room, and there's another girl's name on the door. Oh, no. And no one told me. No one called me. I mean, I walked on the set all ready to tape, and... I walked around and no one was really talking to me. And I caught someone and, and a stagehand and he's like, oh, um, Henry Winkler wants to talk to you. I'm like, Henry Winkler wants to. Anyway, so he called me into his dressing room and he lambasted me. How dare you? How dare you take off for a commercial? If you want to be a serious actress, you, you don't miss a moment of this. And, you know, I mean, I guess in retrospect, he was right. But I got the permission and I was a really young girl mm-hmm. and, right. you know, he could have just slapped me on my hand by saying that. But what he did is he, he hired my stand in, made her Screen Actors Guild union on the spot and literally fired me. And what that did was it blackballed me from Mark and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days. And I was never able to go out for any of those shows again. And my reason for wanting L.A. so bad was to be on a sitcom. That was my dream. So um, this story is in my book. It's actually if you, go, if you Google it, it's up there. His publicist, some, I was telling a story to an, to an, someone who was interviewing me for a story, and they said, can we call his publicist? I said, sure, I don't care. And they called his publicist, and he denied it. He said, I was just an actor. I couldn't fire you. No, he didn't, he didn't physically fire me. He just told the directors, get rid of her. Because I'm the Fonz, huh? You know, and the, you know, the, 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 the producers. And, um, but, I mean, talk about break my heart and cry. I mean, I'm like. I was begging him, please. I didn't, of course I would never, have, if I would have known that you would have been upset, I never would have done this. That he, he never yeah, made good on it. It makes it worse there. that it was like, like he, he didn't said, say anything till after the fact. Right. No, well, it made it worse as he told me something like happened, this, like, something similar to this happened when I was in college. And I'm like, this ain't college. This is real life, you know, and I'm a young person starting out. It slapped me on my hand. I get it. You're right. And the really sad thing is the church's fried commercial never ran. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. And I was really, my whole life I've had an amazing work ethic, and I still do. 
and I love helping young people and I love helping people. If I can put people together all the time, I do. And I guess what's really exasperated me personally is he's not the nice person he comes off to be. And he's been able to sell that all those years. He's not. I mean, he was brutal in, to me. And, you know, you never forget think, moments like that. And finally, um, Bobby Hoffman was the name of the casting director, a legendary, wore a little sailor hat. Finally, when the show ended, he called me in for a soap opera. And many years, I mean, I was 30 at the time, which was like really old. But um, he started calling me in when he was on other shows. But th those shows had then finally ended. I mean, it didn't blackball me out of Hollywood. Right. But it certainly blackballed me out of a genre of, of sitcoms right. that I might have been a regular on. So it's a long story, but that's the whole Now story. it's out there. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if Henry Winkler listens to this show. It's out there. Maybe we'll get Henry to call in one day and... Give you his gumbo recipe and right. So we definitely need to talk about two things: the your uh, intimate apparel line and is the Abra still the, the the big seller? Yes, it is. It's it's padded. There's three of them. It's a you know. So we sell like a today special in a three pack. So it comes with three. You know the beautiful the colors are beautiful. And right now in the shutdown, I mean you know people have been really wanting comfortable bras. We'll send you some. Well, I'll get your I'll get your sizes and we'll we'll do a little goodie package. Everybody who's on my show or if I'm on a show, I, you know, I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm only an A right now. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what's good about the opera. We don't have to worry about cups. We just we just size everything from small to three X. So everybody knows like what blouse they size. So it's like right. the easiest thing to fit. And boy, I've gained I've gained weight during the shutdown. Woo! Oh, <laughs> so oh have gosh. we. Yeah. yeah. We, we, yeah. we definitely we hear you on that. The COVID you would think pounds. it's the opposite, right? That restaurants <laughs> right. would be worse, but we've been eating home more. And well, we, so we order in a lot from more. restaurants. So that <laughs> we've been cooking more as of late, but in the beginning, I was ordering in a lot. And I was I was quarantined without Kevin for three uh, weeks because I actually thought I had COVID in the very beginning. So I, and he wasn't oh, around wow. me when I got the symptoms, so I kept him away from me. So that was terrible. So I was ordering in all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're okay and feeling better and yeah, and the the intimate apparel line can be you can see that on rondashear.com. Okay, mm -hmm. I think it's obvious spelling. I won't spell it, but we'll have links. Everything that we mentioned, the uh, YouTube yeah. channel, which is super cool, uh, with all kinds of fun stuff on it. We'll have links to that to Rhonda Shear to the um, the other show, which is the uh, Rhonda Shear Social Hour. So mm -hmm. we'll have links to all that. Thank you. So what's happening with this possible cooking show? Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited about that. Okay. So like I said earlier, Kat Young, who I had on my show, and we were, when, when Van and I were visiting um, Los Angeles, that was about five years ago, we looked her up, and um, boy, I gave her a rough time on the show, too. <laughs> she was one of my first directors. But anyway, we got together, and we had dinner with her, and it was just a great connection, and she met my husband for the first time. And Van said to her, you know, I don't know how we got into this conversation, but we were talking about cooking because she's a really great cook and she did all these cooking shows. And he said, you know, Rhonda's a good cook. And she went, Ugh. she like, you know, she almost like fainted because <laughs> you couldn't even open a bag of potato chips back then. And I said, <laughs> and I said, I had no interest in it. I mean, I would, I would date guys for fine dining in LA. I mean, I knew all the great restaurants. I didn't cook at all. And my mother was a great cook. I just didn't want to cook for myself. And I had no interest in it. I wanted to go out and be seen. And I was young and I was having a good time. So how did that um, change? I wasn't, so much, I wasn't so much the club person, but I love fine dining um, because I grew up in New Orleans. So we grew up with great food. So what changed is when Van and I reunited, which is will be 20 years in January, my husband is a really great 
cook. And he always says that he became one because of, you know, it's, it's just, he moved to, from New Orleans to Lafayette, Louisiana. And, um, and that he was married for 23 years. And he goes, that's men just cook there. He, he, and he also said survival. His wife was a teacher and sometimes she'd come home too tired. So he would cook, but it was kind of the culture of Louisiana men. They cook and they also cook together and they cook like these big gumbos and, and they do all the, the, the crawfish boil. So it, and his mom was an amazing cook. And so not only she really is Cajun, she was full, you know, spoke French before she spoke English. Not only was she full bred Cajun, you know, but she was also, um, she married, you know, her, her, my, my father-in-law was a doctor and his family was from Texas. So they did the white gravy. So she mm -hmm. learned that the, the white gravies and he, you know, it, the Cajun side was the dark ruse and everything. So, I mean, she could cook anything and bake. So long story short, short I'm with Van and I'm very competitive and he's <laughs> cooking and I'm like, we're newlyweds. And I, and I, boy, was I stupid. I should have just let him cook. But anyway, um, <laughs> we started just getting, I started, he wasn't competitive, but we started, I, I got a hold of some of my mother's recipes, which were never, they never were like two teaspoons. It was basically just the ingredients and, you know, kind of fill in the, the spaces yourself. And um, I started cooking and he and I just started cooking together. And I'm definitely not as patient of a cook as he is. I mean, he will brown something for hours. It's just that, it's just what they do. He's just a very, he, in, in, just in life, uh, uh, I'm the hare and he's the tortoise. That's just who we yeah, are. Yeah. Anyway, I definitely am the room maker when it comes to the gumbos. And that will be our first show. We'll be making a gumbo. And so the name of the show is called Sheer Delights. Cool. We're hoping it gets picked up. We're going to do probably an hour pilot that will be then cut down to a sizzle reel, which will only be five minutes. Our first guest, we're hoping, will be, uh, well, we, I know we have um, Rocket Doopsies, a very famous musician who plays the Zydeco, uh, he's a Zydeco musician, plays the washboard. Um, he will be in the kitchen cooking with me, so we're all going to have to quarantine a little bit before that happens, but um, he's going to come in from New Orleans, and so he will end up being our house band if this goes to series, but he'll, he'll, he will do, he's, he's from Lafayette, so he's definitely more, you know, he's definitely the Cajun side, so, you know, that Lafayette side, so we'll have his version of his gumbo, mine, which is more New Orleans Creole, and then I will have, I don't know if you remember Ricky P., Mm -hmm. uh, who had Ricky P's restaurant. Yeah. Well, the, uh, Ricky and Lisa, his wife are good friends of Van and I, and he's not working at the moment, but he, I know he will be, but uh, Lisa's in the wedding planning business, but he's going to be, he's going to prepare his own gumbo offsite in a restaurant. And then we're going to do like this big gumbo, you know, not a cook off, but basically everybody will get together at the very end and, and have a taste of these three different gumbos. So cool. it's going to be fun. It's going to start a lot like up all night and I'm going to be at my vanity table getting ready for the night, introducing <laughs> the guests. We'll have a house band. Uh, there'll be, That's awesome. There'll be, we'll have eventually, hopefully, well, we'll have comics and stars. and But um, we're also going to have a guest star, Leon Galatois. I mean, that may not mean anything to you, but if you're if you're a foodie from and you know New Orleans, Galatois is the most famous restaurant, one of the oldest restaurants in the city. And Leon is the proprietor now. He inherited the restaurant. So hoping to get him on the set to do a little little uh, cooking too. But anyway, it's it's actually very organized. It's actually very scripted. I'm just giving you kind of the lowdown, but it will be fun and sassy and very, you know, it'll be Southern hospitality. So it's not necessarily just New Orleans food. It'll be just that the Southern hospitality, how 
we love to socialize and eat together and how food brings laughter and, and all those good things to the table. Awesome. That's cool. That's awesome. So is the plan to film in front of a live audience? No, the plan is to film right now in my own kitchen. Now, rather down the line, we would end up on a studio kitchen. We don't know. But right now, we want to make it really homey, and it's also saving some money. So we're filming in my kitchen. We're, we're going to have cameras above the stove, the whole thing. Oh, that's, that's we're cool. We're going to have cameras all over the place. We're, I have a beautiful dining room. It'll be set very, uh, I don't know if I'll set it formal or fun, I mean, at this point, but it'll be set. We want to show, you know, the kids have lost that feeling of what it's like to dine even, I mean, dining out has changed, but dining in, I mean, I'm not not so sure how many young people know that experience. I know my stepkids do, but and my family does, because food was really important growing up in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to sit down at a dinner table, not just about the food being so great, but also having family and friends around right, is, right. Is, is part of it. Yeah, that's great. Can we do a real quick uh, lightning round with you? Sure. Okay. Olive oil or butter? Both. Both. Good <laughs> answer. That would have been my answer, actually. Lemon or lime? Mm, lemon for me. With pickles, dill or sweet? Dill. Mm-hmm. It goes in everything. It's in my potato salad. It's, it's, <laughs> nice. It's in my tuna salad. Ranch or blue cheese? Blue cheese. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that, too. Bacon or sausage? Oh, boy. I know. That's a tough one. (laughs) My husband would say sausage, and I would say bacon. As a matter of fact, my red beans and rice, I use bacon, and he uses sausage. But they're both great. They're both great. They're both great. Totally. Bacon, though. Bacon. Bacon. (laughs) And ribeye or filet mignon? Oh, I like the fat. Ribeye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We could could totally hang out with you. (laughs) (laughs) I know food. So if I don't... if I can't cook it, I, I know how I love eating it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we're still learning more cooking stuff every day. Yep. It's so much fun to cook. It's so creative. I mean, you know, I just love to go in there and just start creating. And what we were talking about on this show, um, not doing necessarily light cooking, but because people are on uh, keto or whatever it's called. I've tried it or it didn't work for me. But, you know, lightning, we'll have like an alternative recipe that will either come up or, you know, link to a recipe of maybe making, you know, lightening up certain things. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That's smart. But we'll have it, you know, because people diabetics, we'll have alternative versions for our different recipes, but we're not going to go without butter, bacon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whatever that dish is that has all those in it sounds, I think I've cooked all those things together. <laughs> Rhonda Shear, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much. We will be right back. St. Pete is all about local, and this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oates Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oates has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable price as possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town. And on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. 
Rollin' Oats has a cafe open daily which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. This segment is sponsored by Greenstock, which is a chef-driven, ingredient-focused salad and wraps fast casual eatery right in the heart of downtown St. Pete. Everything is fresh, nothing comes out of a can, and you can see all the ingredients right in the case. It's obvious how fresh and vibrant they are. And Greenstock is what's for lunch today. Yes, it is. And what did you get, Lori? I did another you creation salad, because I really have discovered that I like to create my own. Yeah, so you're good at that. So now I'm having a good time mixing it up and putting different things in there. But I prefer romaine and spinach, so I stuck with romaine and spinach as my lettuce base. Um, this time I had, I always have to have cucumbers and tomatoes, and then I just kind of mix it up around that, you mm-hmm. know. You know I do that. So this time I added the cu- cucumber tomato, uh, hard-boiled egg, snap peas, toasted pepitas, candied pecans, and the herbed filet. Right. I don't know if I said that right, how they actually say it. It's like herb. Herb marinated filet. Herb marinated filet. Thank you. And I I had a side of ranch dressing, which, oh, their ranch dressing so good. It's got like it's dill good, in yeah. it you and it's me, homemade. You gave me a taste of that. It's really good. Yeah. it was. This was a delicious salad. Only thing I would have done different is I would have left off the candied pecans and put in something that maybe wasn't candied because it didn't really go so well with the filet. I didn't really right. think that out really well. But the salad itself was fantastic. I ate every bite. What'd you have? Well, I'm still working my way through the menu. So regular, meaning regular menu items instead of create your own. And today I had the Mezzi mix, which is romaine, feta, cucumber, tomatoes, olives, and they don't say this, but today I had Kalamata olives, peppers, hummus, fresh garbanzo, turmeric, and tahini. And for the first time, I added a protein this time, and I chose the tuna salad because Erica told us that it's not tuna out of a can, it's fresh tuna, and you can tell. And you should clarify, the turmeric tahini is the dressing. Right. You said it like it was <laughs> something that went on it. <laughs> right. And it's bright yellow. It looks like yellow, yellow mustard. Yellow mustard, yeah. But it definitely tastes like, uh, like uh, turmeric tahini. But that tuna salad was so good. You gave me a bite of that. And mm, it's made with fresh tuna, not canned tuna, is yeah. what we were told. That's what I so. said, yeah. And you're not listening to me. Yeah. It looks like ahi tuna, too. It's really good. Yeah, it's delicious. So this was our fourth time at Greenstock. Mm-hmm. And every time it gets better. It does. The flavors and the freshness are amazing. This was the best tuna salad and the best hummus I ever had in that salad. And all, all of the ingredients just work so well together. Better than my tuna salad, really? Yes, sorry. Hey. Yours is out of a can. It's true. No, but it's a huge difference. It's so good. And when I got a bite of the Kalamata olive, that just added this nice briny note. I was like, oh, what was that that I just bit into? And then I look, I'm like, oh, yeah, Kalamata olives. But all of the ingredients sing so well together. Chef David Benstock is a genius with these recipes. The salads are great, filling, and it's a delicious meal. 
check out Greenstock on the 400 block of Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. They are open 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and you can order on their website, which is eatatgreenstock.com. This is Chris Walker, and you're listening to CP Foodies Podcast. We managed to crank out three new items in the past week in between podcast episodes. We have the 10 best wings in St. Pete for 2020. We also have the 10 best shrimp and grits, and we have a review of Doc Ford's at the new pier. You can see all of that on stpetersburgfoodies.com. And next week on the podcast, we will be talking to international travel and food blogger, Chef Dennis. If you'd like to send us fan mail, hate mail, or if you have any requests for interviews or restaurant reviews, just send an email to info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Ron Deshear. And thanks to Greenstock for lunch. And thanks to our sponsors. Rolling Oats. The Zest Podcast. Noble Crust. Booyah Ramen. And, and Engine, Engine Number, number nine. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. I think a rotisserie is like a really morbid Ferris wheel for chickens. It's a strange piece of machinery. We will take the chicken, kill it, and impale it, and then rotate it. And I'll be damned if I'm not hungry.